Welcome back to Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. We are at episode 14, and I am Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I am Sean German of 5MinutesOfMime.com. And joining us once again, the author of Our Expanding Universe, Alex Robinson. Hello, Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. Thanks for coming back, Alex. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's the, yes, my pleasure. No, the pleasure, the honor, the joy is all ours. But thank you. You're very good. No, 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 I insist. I insist. It is the pleasure. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to let all it right. go. I don't want to get into a fight. So here we are. We, we are gathered here today to discuss This is Spinal Tap, Minute 14. Minute 14 starts with Ian talking about you being too old and too white. It ends with Ian and Bobby Fleckman talking about the cover of the album. And in between, we get a little bit of uh, schmoozing at the Polymer Record Hospitality Suite and a little bit behind the scenes at a recording industry convention. Yes. Yes. So the minute starts with uh, the exterior view of that Weston Bonaventure Hotel in Los Angeles as we pan up and we see all the the shiny glass exterior that we've seen in some other movies. And then we cut inside and the band is kind of wondering, what about the album, Ian? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... um, (laughs) Yeah, what about the album? Yeah, it's interesting because I think I've, I've never seen Derek really engage as much as he is right now. Like he's really asking he's really questioning what what are we promoting here if we're not what what why are we on tour if we don't have this album out and he's got this interesting groupie and i think mm-hmm. we should be maybe counting the the especially his groupies because he seems to go through them group, at yeah. quite a clip yeah. kind of a brunette jerry hall possibly on some sort of intoxicant okay. <laughs> her mouth is open for most of the few seconds yeah. we see her. Well, and her mouth is open wider than her eyes yeah. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> I'll look into some of, some of the groupies are credited and some are not. So I actually haven't researched to, uh, to see if we know who this actress is. An interesting point, um, and we've, we've mentioned it before, that there is a sort of a raw cut of all the footage that they filmed out there floating in the darker corners of the the interwebs. And one thing about the deleted scenes that didn't make it into the final movie, then just kind of on your point about Derek's groupies, there's a lot more sex and drugs that they filmed in addition to the rock and roll that got cut out. Well, this will come up again in future minutes where we actually, there is, there is some drug use in the movie. In case there's anyone out there who hasn't seen it yet and is offended by such things, <laughs> but it's it really they they really did cut it down and and we've complimented them before on the great job and and how much this movie was created in the editing and those decisions on what to put in and and what to not to put in that the the final product is something that concentrates on the the music and also the relationships uh, between the band, between the band and Ian, and and those kind of things, and the other stuff in that rock and ro- rock and roll world, the the sex and drugs and the groupie stuff that a lot of that got cut out. 
And I think watching it, it, and for good reason, a lot of it's funny, a lot of it's entertaining, there's some interesting stuff, but it doesn't necessarily add to what I think the movie is about, and, and that is those relationships, and particularly between David and Nigel, and um, and then kind of Derek and Ian and Marty as, as sort of the, the, the tier two secondary characters, that they did an excellent job of of um of keeping the focus in in the final film yeah i remember on the uh dvd they um had like the basically a whole like almost an hour or something of cut scenes and uh i'm glad they i'm it is interesting seeing the sort of other storylines and stuff i don't think comedically it work it would work as well having you know an extra hour of material it would definitely slow it down a lot yeah, and that kind of reminds me of um, one of my other favorite movies that I definitely wouldn't mind doing a movies by minutes of, which is Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that also. And they cut out quite a few of his sex scenes, especially while he's singing one of his more romantic songs on stage. And we're intercutting that with him cheating on his wife, because it, that really also changed the the um, way that we feel about Dewey, you know, mm-hmm. he starts to kind of just seem like a real creep when we're seeing him <laughs> sing this song about a uh, about um, his love of his wife, and then you're seeing him in all these um, different positions with all these different women. So that's another thing too, is it kind of keeps us um, having a a good flow with the main characters and not getting too wrapped up in what their um, their off stage. Uh, decisions and bedroom behind closed doors decisions are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard this, the saying in, in relation to the written word in novels that, that great novels aren't written, they're rewritten or they're edited. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that applies to, to, to film as well. And certainly in this case. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to see that outfit, Alex, you mentioned on uh, Ian, that kind of interesting leather vest over a striped, polo shirt so it's like <laughs> casual friday rock and roll look i'm not sure well and ian has a certain a certain look or i guess like a certain toughness he tries to present this is one of the few scenes we see ian where he's not carrying his bat he's usually carrying a cricket bat mm-hmm. so i guess to compensate for not having you know not having that solid piece of wood in his hand he's got to have the leather so there's He's, you know, one way or another, he's going to look tough. Um, and that's that's somewhat, that's it, kind of his role as the manager. He's got to be the bad guy. The The band's going to go on stage and play music and everyone loves them and they have a great time, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And then, you know, Ian's got to do the dirty work. Yeah. It's, no, uh, it's, no sex, it's not sex, drugs, and rock and roll for Ian. No. <laughs> and he is holding a piece of wood in his hand in this. It's just that it's a pencil. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit smaller. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Did you guys talk about um, Tony Hendra at all yet on the show? We haven't, have no. we really, Sean? No, not too much. Uh, I just saw a uh, documentary about National Lampoon on Netflix. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, called Drunk, Stoned, or Dead. And uh, he is... Uh, he was a big part in the founding and early days of National Lampoon, and uh, he did stuff on their uh, radio show, too. And uh, as I mentioned before, I'm a big Beatles fan, and he did a uh, very uh, a savage satire of uh, John Lennon 
in a uh, a song called Magical Misery Tour. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apparently John Lennon was a, was a fan of it and thought it was very funny. So, uh, Oh, good. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think Tony Hendra's acted in too much other stuff. I know he does a lot of writing and, and, and that sort of thing, but um, I don't think of too much. Uh, I can't think of any other roles that I've seen him in. Yeah, he's definitely, um, I, I definitely want to check out that documentary you mentioned, but um, I don't like to try to go f- searching on the internet for things when I've already got all my tabs opened up on my computers <laughs> yeah. because I'm, I'm the one um, behind the scenes doing the recording here. So right. I try to well, stay where I'm at. I'll, I'll jump in because actually, yeah. So Ian did not, a, we, we did a minute or an episode earlier in the show where we went through uh, the, the main, the band's top four in IMDb as they do on on Mad Max. And Ian did not appear in that minute. I'll jump in and, and say, yeah, actually, so when you go to Tony Hendra's IMDb page, the first thing that shows up in his filmography is as a writer, uh, not as an actor. And he's got 12 credits a- as a writer. One thing that jumped up to me, uh, he did 26 episodes of Playboy After Dark. Oh, my. So there you go. As a writer or as a performer? As a writer. Um, and then he also has 12 credits as an actor as well. So not not a long history. And then his so his, his top four, the things that show up as the known for, um, he's known for That Was the Week That Was as a writer, right. known for The Great White Hype, uh, which featured uh, Sam L. Jackson. Number three is the aforementioned Playboy After Dark. And number four is B.C. Rock. Um, so which I'm not familiar with. Spinal Tap? This is Spinal Tap's not in his top no. four. No. Spinal Tap is not in his top four. And actually, all four of those, he's credited as a writer, not as an actor. Hmm. Um, and then so the one one story that I've heard about Tony Hendricks, apparently this movie came along uh, sort of a down part in his life, and he was actually contemplating suicide. He was very depressed. And... uh Actually, doing this movie, he had you know such fun working with these guys and 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 doing this movie that 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 turned him around. That wow. it really came at at a key point and was very pivotal after that. So, saving lives, yeah, yeah, saving, yeah. So he's he's really great, and I'll I'll just take that to segue into a almost right exactly in the middle of this minute. Ian's got a, a kind of a throwaway line, or the way he says it. Mm-hmm. throw away um oh yeah that that thing the the boston gig has been canceled yeah i wouldn't worry about it though it, it's not a big college town uh-huh. it's one of those things that i would laugh at when i was younger just because the way it's presented not not understanding it just going i know that's funny i don't know why but i i think that's funny i think i should be laughing and then when older and and know something i didn't i'm i live near boston now but i didn't grow up in the area now that i'm more familiar with with boston and and the immediate area realize how ridiculous that that statement is (laughs) and i did a little research about uh, colleges and universities in and around the metropolitan boston area does anyone want to throw out a number make a guess of uh, the number of colleges in boston i'll I'll say 11 i said 11 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> jinx you All owe right, me a, a t-shirt <laughs> 69 okay. no. well, um well i well we'll say alex is closer this is not not price is right rule so you can go over 
Um, so according to, to Wikipedia, in the metropolitan Boston area, which covers Boston proper itself and the immediate surrounding area, about 10 mile radius, there are 52 or sorry, 54 wow. institutions of higher education. 54. Wow, wow yeah, that's a 50 lot of schools. 54. Yeah, 54. So there's four junior colleges, 15 colleges that primarily grant bachelor's and master's degrees, eight research universities, 24 special focus institutions. Uh, so 51 are nonprofit and three are for profit. And that's over 200,000 students just in that, that surrounding area. And I know that there's a lot more. I'm I'm technically outside that radius, so I'm probably about 12 miles from Boston. And there is uh, Regis College, which is just west of my house by a mile or two. And there's uh, Wellesley College that is just south of me. And those are just a couple that are outside of the radius that counts those 54. So uh, so Boston is uh, a big college town. So uh, the, the, Ian does not know what he's talking about. Well, that's that's the question I would put to you, Alex. Is is what's going on here? Is it is it is it that Ian doesn't know what he's talking about, or or something else? <laughs> what do you mean, like a conspiracy? <laughs> <laughs> or he's a pod person? He yeah, literally yeah, you know, is he, reborn and doesn't have any yeah. memory. That's I'm, I'm thinking. You know, it may look like Ian, it may sound like Ian, but it's not Ian. Well, or is I think he well, trying to downplay yeah. what's going on behind the scenes. That's what I'm thinking. We did have an earlier minute where so the band is transitioning. They've done the first gig in New York, and they're on their way. Uh, they're they're traveling to Philly for the second show. And similar to this minute, the band is asking what's going on, and he's saying, "Well, you know, we're not going to saturate New York City. You know, now Philly, that's a rock and roll town." So is it, does he not know New York City is a big deal? And he, he, you know, he thinks, you know, Philly's more important than New York in, in marketing and selling an album. And, and here, does he really not know, you know, Boston is a big college town. And I, I think he does know. I think, I think this is strategic. I think he, he knows that the band has to have his confidence that even if he didn't know, he's got to pretend he does. So as far as, Certainly, I think he knows Boston is, is a big college town. But things about the the cover, as we'll see at the end of this minute, we get into, he doesn't know what's going on with the, uh, with the album. I mean, he has an inkling that it's not out because cover issues, but he doesn't know exactly what's going on. But the band, these, you know, these are artists, they need to perform, their ego's involved. The, the confidence is more important than him being correct. That for him to give a wrong answer is not as damaging as it would be if he didn't have an answer at all. So he's got to say something and he leans towards that being good. So whatever the situation is, you know, he's just not, he's not going to worry the band. You know, New York, it's, eh, don't worry about it. Oh, Boston, it's not a big college town. Oh, the, the album, you know, they're experimenting kind of thing. Um, I think this is, this is on purpose. And I think this, um, in a way, he's he's shepherding. You know, he's a bit of a caretaker, particularly of um, the the relationships that he's got to keep. You know, these are these are different personalities and and different things going on, 
and he's got to keep everything in equilibrium. He's got to keep it together so the band can get from one show to the next. And, and I think that's what we're what we're seeing here. I think that's what's going on when he says, uh, you know, don't worry about Boston. Yeah, that makes sense. It's his job to be the kind of uh, keep things uh, from the band a bit. Yeah, it it's just a shame that they didn't have better, I don't know, do you blame, I was going to say that they didn't have better management, but do you blame the management for their troubles or is it that they're a, a poor band? Who is to blame? Right. What is the alchemy that's producing this whole situation and yeah are they just in the dark about how uh, there's these little hints like somebody says oh at your age you know and you look so good from the stage and then oh you know too old and too white like these little hints that maybe they're a little bit behind the times Mm -hmm. and aren't realizing that so yeah they just stayed at the party a little too long yeah but speaking of at the party, I want to get into this room here, yeah. this suite, <laughs> this Polymer Records hospitality suite that got the nice marks a lot sign here with the, the arrow. Very clear direction. <laughs> get you right into that suite. And I guess according to the transcript here, we're talking with the Southern Rock promoter. And he's asking, you know, I heard you guys got an album coming out. But to me, what what these guys reminded me of is um, in one of my other favorite movies, Ed Wood, mm-hmm. when they're hobnobbing with, um, you know, other people that aren't try, they're trying to get some backers, some backers, yeah. Right. And this really reminds me of that the backers events that they would throw, and and they'd be in there get the actors. They'd be from talking the to dentists and stuff, and yeah. Trying to get them really to pay for a movie. But these guys are these like guys look great with their open shirts and their <laughs> sport sport jackets and one of them has a I think a couple of gold necklaces and they're pretty fun looking. Well and that that's it's funny, or maybe not funny, but it's interesting, yeah, the way they're dressed because coming up in the next minute, we get Bobby saying, you know, this is nineteen eighty two, get out of the sixties. And you look at the way these guys are dressed, and I'm like, is that now, I was very young in 1982 when I wasn't hanging out with adults who were drinking and smoking and that kind of stuff. So maybe I'm, I'm not remembering the fashion correct, but like someone tell these guys, this is 1982. You know, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's, this isn't the 70s. This isn't disco. They've got, you know, the big collars. One guy's got a chain. And yeah, the shirts are open halfway down to their navel. These guys don't know what year it is. Well, the, the 70s, um, I think, I forget where this is written or has been, I know it's been talked about, but how eras really kind of bleed a few years n- into the next era. So even though this is the early 80s, it's still kind of the 70s. Yeah, it's not okay. like when, it's not like on New Year's Day, everyone throws away all their bell bottoms <laughs> and, and paisley shirts and puts on, uh, you know, puts a clothespin through their nose and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know. Uh, yeah. I love I love how uh, that guy seems either baffled or incredulous. He's like, you got a new album out? Well, the glove? Like, he like he isn't uh, not quite sure what's going on exactly or what they're... Yeah. I don't know why. It just That just really makes me laugh that uh, he doesn't seem at all impressed that he's meeting them or anything. He's just kind of yeah. like, oh, I smell the glove. And then that, the other guy says, oh, it's a provocative title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, smell the glove by itself is a provocative title. It's just really funny. Definitely. So, yeah. and of course, waiting to see the cover. 
wait until you see Very that. provocative indeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah it makes me wonder we've... if David is the one who designed the cover. Or oh, they... yeah, yeah, yeah. Without Janine around, I bet. Too. Yeah. I don't think she'd she'd have any... Well, we, we'll learn that later, but I don't think she would agree <laughs> with the, that concept, that art concept at mm. all. It's a, uh, it is a funny title for an, uh, an album, Smell the Glove. I looked to see, uh, well, anyway, I guess we'll, we'll talk about the, what it shows on the cover probably tomorrow, so I'll save this for... Uh, oh, yeah. We could, yeah, we can save that for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else for today? I think that's all I have. It's another yeah, great so scene. The- the minute ends up with Ian kind of taking Bobby to the side and uh, looks like they're, they're getting ready to have a serious talk to talk or yeah. heart to heart. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Heart to heart. heart that to was heart. in the eighties, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do we so, want to talk about the, um, the lip situation that's happening with the band or do we want to save that? Do we want to tease that for, uh, for the future? Well, what is there really to say? I know that they all have cold sores on their mouths and that there's a cut scene, I think, where they mm-hmm. they explore that a bit more. But honestly, how much I don't know how much I want to really talk about cold sores. <laughs> but if you have something special to talk about, maybe we can talk about it at another at another minute. All right. Maybe you know what? We'll tease that for tomorrow. We so we've got two teases that Ian and uh and Bobby are gonna talk about something and uh I'll share my opinion on cold source. Great. That's, that's good stuff for Friday, right? That'll that's get a real tease. Back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll skip that one. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, so tomorrow's okay. will you solo show. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think we're good on uh on minute fourteen. Yeah, absolutely. Good job, everybody. We made it. We made it through <laughs> minute 14. Yeah, so, um, and I've got a couple things I want to talk about that I'll I'll leave for tomorrow, too. So it'll be a secret tease. Ooh. Secret, secret wow. tease. Uh, yeah. So, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Before we go, on? I one last thing. Well, I just, okay. I just, one of my notes that really quick for minute 14. So a gig was canceled. Right. Which we mentioned, but I just want to make sure we say it. So, so far we've seen, they've played twice. They've played New York and Philly and Boston was canceled. So right okay. now the score is two to one. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. Just want to make sure we-, we, we <laughs> No, that's we keep, good. That's we, important. You know, important. We, we, we've got to keep track. And I guess that's foreshadowing that those numbers, both those gigs played and gigs canceled, those numbers may change. Okay. All right. It'll be interesting to and see if in the end that. there's more gigs that make it as opposed to don't make it. We'll see. Yeah. Right. Well, excellent. Well, thanks again, Alex, for joining us sure. um, for another minute, another episode. I will geek out and say that I absolutely felt comfortable and willing to put myself out there to do this at, uh, at the strength of listening to you guys and how much fun you're having on Star Wars Minute and not only am I a huge Star Wars fan, but I say to people, I'm even more a fan of Star Wars minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I just wanted to, to say oh, thanks very for, nice. for doing Glad that. We could, uh, it's, it's very, um, I was just telling Pete the other day how how strange it is and how humbling is a little too uh, you know big. But uh, the fact that so many people have... Uh, 
taking up the minute by minute mantle is is uh all because we did the did this silly little show is is amazing so uh well it's it's not silly and I'll, I'll echo some of what Heidi says or all of what Heidi says. I'm one of those people that was around that saw the original trilogy in the theaters when, when Star Wars first came out, the late 70s and early 80s, and had been through that dark time between Jedi and Phantom Menace when there wasn't a lot of Star Wars in pop culture. I had kind of let it go. I gave away all my toys and I sold all my figures and And I was the kid, I had, all my figures had the lightsabers, the guns, Yoda had the little snake, like I kept everything together. It wasn't necessarily in great condition, I played with it, but I didn't lose any of the little pieces. So I had it all together and and I let it go and and gave away all the the Star Wars stuff I had. And the, the prequels didn't bring me back, but Star Wars Minute brought me back. And I think now, I, I know now, I am more of a, a fan of Star Wars than I ever was, even as a, a small child. Huh. And, uh, well, that's very uh, kind of you to say. Yeah. So there we go. Let's so there we go. All right. Wrap this baby up. So we hope you've enjoyed episode 14 of Spinal Tap Minute. You can stay connected with us at the usual places online at SpinalTapMinute.com. Find all the social links and subscription links there. Join the conversation at the Spinal Tap Minute Groupies Lounge on Facebook. And uh, we'd love to hear from you there. And uh, Mr. Robinson, if yes. folks want to rekindle their love of Star Wars, where, they, where can they find you? Well, it's quite simple. You go to StarWarsMinute.com. That's our website. You can get all the episodes there. You everything from the opening crawl, actually from the opening logo of the original Star Wars. And we're currently where we've made it all the way through Attack of the Clones. And uh, we're on in iTunes and wherever you get fine podcasts Excellent. around the world <laughs> and elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So until next time. And so say all of us. Tap into America. Tap into America. Tap into America.